Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Brooke Beach with Market Wake. Welcome, Brooke. So glad to be here. Excited to talk to you and the crew today. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about Market Wake. How are you serving folks? Market Wake is a digital marketing agency uh, located in Atlanta, we serve people for on the digital side with three different departments. The first is marketing, where we're really focused on lead generation, demand gen, think paid media, SEO, content creation, social, all of the things that became very popular when um, COVID happened uh, and before, obviously. And then the second is our, our websites and projects um, and branding. If we are driving leads, but the website isn't converting them, then there's a gap there. So we help fill that gap. And then last is Salesforce implementation. Um, and people always kind of scratch their heads and they're wondering, why Salesforce? It's Well, Salesforce and, and systems, HubSpot, uh, marketing automation tools, they really, they're the backbone of a lot of what we do. And it helps make our job a whole lot easier. And obviously our clients happier when we can trace a lead from the time they interact with the website all the way through the time that they become a full-time customer. Now, uh, what drew you to this convergence of creativity and data? Previous life, I uh, was the CEO of a tech company. And in that, I actually worked with a lot of agencies and kind of found this split. Um, on one side, I would have some of the most creative people in the entire world producing beautiful campaigns, beautiful designs. But when I asked them hard questions like, okay, do we know if this worked? What's the ROI? How many leads did this get us? It was kind of a head scratching moment. They could never really give me clarity there. And then on the other hand, I would work with phenomenal technicians, analysts, implementation specialists. But when it came to creative, there was a huge gap and realized, hey, marketing really should be the marriage between those two. Yes, it needs to look good and it needs to read well. It needs to connect and be a compelling message. But equally as important, we've got to know if it works and are we actually doing the right things and, and getting it in front of the right people. And at the end of the day, marketing should move your business forward. It's not a nice to have. It really should be a need to have. Um, and that intersection is what gives us that ability. Now, um, when you're having those conversations with folks, it, I would imagine there's some pushback um, in terms of it sounds good. But it's it, it, like it, it, there's so much data, it's hard to know what is a number worth measuring and what is just a number that we can measure because we can measure it. You are very correct. And it is a daily battle because uh, there's always new ways to slice and dice data, right? It's like, what metric are you looking at? What's your KPI? Um, are we looking at traffic? Are we looking at conversions? Are we looking at marketing qualified leads? It is very specific to what the goal is. Some of our clients, they want brand awareness. That's a much more fun conversation where it's just how many views. And then others are very centered on, no, how many opportunities and what's the value of that opportunity. And that's exactly what we're going to measure. Uh, we'll give our recommendations and the, the KPIs that we think are by far and away the most important. But it is, it is a little bit nuanced depending on the client that we're working with and, and what their goals are. Now, how do you ha handle the conversations where there is such distrust about even numbers that can be counted because um, people can manipulate a lot of the digital numbers that are out there? 
Oh, it's really nice. Yeah. Digital, you can manipulate a lot. You just all of a sudden you go from one customer to three and it's like, oh, we grew. It's so much. It's amazing. Um, we we deal with that a lot. We actually create dashboards that are very, very transparent. Uh, it's the best way around it. You know, at the end of the day, my goal is that we are an extension of our client's team. I want us to feel like partners where there should be no smoke and mirrors. I want them to call us, you know, when they have their baby shower and they're getting married. Um, so we have a very close relationship with our customers and in that comes transparency in our own lives and then also in the data. So we'll build dashboards. We'll make sure that they have access to it. We'll, we'll, in those dashboards, give them access to slice and dice it the way that we want, and then we'll also, or the way that they want, and then also have areas of a very clear cut, concrete metrics that we're measuring against, which is helpful because you're right. A lot of marketing agencies they'll they'll present the best of the win. We grew three hundred percent this year, and it's like, yeah, but what are we actually looking at? Well, I find that um, you know, kind of the money in the bank is a good metric to measure. Uh... <laughs> It's the most concrete, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then where did that money come from? Which leads and how? That's where the magic happens, uh, yeah. if you figure that out. But talk a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur. You mentioned that you started in a tech firm, uh, leading a tech firm, and now you're leading an agency that works probably with a lot of tech firms. Talk about how maybe that's evolved over the years, and especially going through um, you know, such a disruption as COVID. Absolutely. I, uh, I started this and I loved marketing. I actually graduated with PR. I did PR for a little while. I enjoyed it, but I'm definitely more on the numbers side. And I could tell that marketing was much more closely tied to the, the ROI and, and business goals and objectives. So I wanted to move in that direction. It was actually the story of Market Wake. I was at a lake house trying to figure out what I was going to do. I had this, uh, I've heard before that entrepreneurs have this calling on their lives and there's no way they can avoid it. They can try, but they cannot hide from it. And you have to just at one point embrace it and move forward, even though it's scary. So it's kind of, I had that calling, right. Of, I need to start something. It's probably just going to be me. I didn't have that vision of this is going to be a huge company and we're going to grow X percent year over year. It was just, I need to start something and I don't know what it looks like. So I'm sitting on the dock, it's about six o'clock in the morning and I'm watching all of these boats go by. It's actually like Burton for those who are familiar in the area. Uh, the beautiful boats were in a no wake zone and they're just going by there's fog in the, the lake and I'm thinking through what I need to do. And then all of a sudden this little tiny bass boat, I mean, the, by far and away, the smallest and, and least impressive of all of the boats starts to go by same speed, no wake zone, but that little boat left a wake so large that it shook the dock that I was on. And that's when I realized that's exactly what I want to do. I want to help people and small businesses and, and big businesses figure out what is the wake that you're leaving in the world and help them realize the impact that they can have. And that's where the name came from. That's where Market Wake started. Uh, and that's what we preach and believe is every single person in business has a week that they leave. And our job is to help shape that in a positive way. Um, so at that point, Market Week was born and um, it's been a, quite a journey since then. I actually, six months after starting it, I was asked to be the CEO of a different company while it was going through a pivot and hard decision. I had already gotten customers on board with market wake. I was, I was trying to convince someone to quit their job and come follow me. Like I, I was head first all the way in. Um, but then this opportunity presented itself and I figured, okay, Hey, if this is going to be temporary, if I'm just going to be here to help turn it around, then 
maybe, maybe it's worth it. So I went ahead and did that. I was CEO of this company while I was going through a pivot during the day. I was working market wake at night, trying to keep the lights on because I knew I'd eventually have to go back there. Um, so I didn't want it to fall apart. And within 15 months, was able to get the company to positive, handed off to the CTO, and then went back to market week full time in 2017. There was a, I think there was two of us in 2017, and there's a over 40 of us now. So it's been a wild ride the past couple of years, but much better growth. Now, um, any advice for the entrepreneur that's out there that has um, kind of a vision? They, they think they know what they want to do, but maybe they are getting caught up in, in an, they're not making the impact that they'd like. And they're frustrated maybe in this journey. They know what they would like to do, but it's just, it's just not there. It's just not clicking yet. Do you have any advice on how to weather that storm? It's hard. It's hard. I feel that because sometimes you do have that calling and it's just, you're working, you're feeling every single day you're in that grind and it's not where you want it to be. Uh, There were many, and I'm sure still will be moments like that. The best advice is to figure out your why. Uh, There's an amazing book from Simon Sinek, uh, Start With Why, and then another one, uh, The Infinite Mindset. Both of those books had a huge impact in in shaping the way that I see this business and my role within that business. Um, In those darkest days, you have to have a why that's bigger than yourself. You have to have a mission that is bigger than just you wanting to build something for the sake of it or you wanting to have a lifestyle business or whatever that might look like. If you don't have that why to fall back onto of this is why I'm doing it, this is why it's worth it. It does get hard. But the cool thing is when you do create that why and you spend time really processing and contemplating what that why is of why in the world did you get started and why do people care? It it has this very compelling effect on your team. It gives them something grounded to hold on to, to say, oh, this is why I'm here too. I'm not just here to collect a paycheck. I'm here to do something bigger than myself. Um, and that that's a really powerful concept that leaders sometimes don't grasp. It's, hey, we're here to grow. We're here to reach our numbers. We're here to reach next year's numbers. But at the end of the day, people still want a connection to something bigger than themselves and that story and, and figuring out that why is going to help you kind of break the, the monotony of the grind and figure out what you're here for. Now, do you find that most people just don't think big enough? Yeah, yes. It's so funny that you say that. That's one of our, our mantras is, and you've probably seen it, we have it everywhere, um, but it's think bigger because people don't think big enough. They really don't. And I have it all over my office and all over the walls everywhere because it's like, I want a, a constant reminder to say, hey, the sky's the limit. And if you were not thinking bigger, then you're missing opportunity to the point where we even moved into a new office space. And one of my requirements was 30 foot ceiling, because I don't want them to have a ceiling on their thoughts. I want it to feel big when they walk in the room. Um, and I, I kept talking about thinking bigger and finally decided, okay, I got I got to show them what this looks like. So, uh, 2019, Right, right. Pre-COVID 2019 Christmas, I actually surprised the entire team and their spouses and significant others with a trip to Iceland, Uh, gave them all tickets. We got an airplane. It was a uh, pretty whirlwind experience, got an airplane, landed 
And I'll never forget, we got to chase the Northern Lights. We found them. Um, one of the days we were actually snowmobiling on a glacier, which I've never been on a glacier before. And it's pretty substantial. I had no idea the size. It's frozen ocean. It's huge. So we're standing on this glacier. We've gotten on snowmobiles. We had to follow a very specific path because if we deviated from that path, there was a chance that you could fall into a, a a hole, a crevasse, if you will, um, which was a little bit nerve wracking. Uh, so everyone follows this path. We're led by a couple people. We get onto the center of the glacier. It is, I think at that point, negative 30s. We're in all of these suits and hats and gloves. And um, all you can see of us are these eyes behind goggles. We line up our snowmobiles and it is completely silent. And I watch as everyone gets off their snowmobile and we take in the scene of the fact that we're on a glacier with our team overlooking the mountains of Iceland as the sun is going down. And it was one of the most, I mean, even still I get goosebumps. That was the personification of thinking bigger of like, did you ever think that we could be here? Or did you ever think that this was possible? And ever since then, the last year we went to Jamaica, this year we're going somewhere else that I can't say because it's a surprise. Um, but ever since then, that travel aspect has been a big part of why our, our creativity and our, our thinking bigger concept lands so well for our clients because we've gotten to see what thinking bigger can do in real life together. And that, that creates a really amazing bond and a really cool mindset that we get to bring back to our clients. Now, any advice for that um, entrepreneur that's, you know, at the beginning stages maybe of the journey, how do they kind of create that kind of a culture and that kind of a mindset when maybe they don't have the resources to go to Iceland or some of these exotic locales? Uh, yes, the research, you, you can do a lot with a little, so be willing to stretch a little bit, but it is kind of remarkable of how things start to come together when you make that decision. Money just you start to figure out ways, um, but you don't have to do those big trips in order to create a culture like that. It is about the values that you hold and the way that you empower your team to make decisions and to think about their own lives in parallel with your business, because they're working with you sometimes more than they are even at home or seeing their friends or seeing their family. So it's important for you to recognize that fact uh, and, and give them tools to grow. So they feel like they're experiencing personal and professional growth inside of the business. And then also recognizing the fact that they're putting a piece of themselves into the world. That's a vulnerable and exciting endeavor, and they should be very proud of it. So empowering them to feel that way and having some, some very clear values of thinking bigger and what you want the framework of your team to be is, is pretty spectacular. And then doing small surprises. Those are the last 10. I, I tell everyone like, yeah, 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 Iceland's great, but just do some surprises. Like literally have them walk in one day and have a waffle house truck there and they're serving waffles and breakfast. Or um, I, every once in a while we'll bring puppies. You can rent puppies, which sounds like the most crazy concept in the entire world, but rent puppies and bring them in and surprise them and then just give everyone that love time. So small surprises like that go a really long way because you're showing your team that you care about them and, and you care about things outside of just them doing their job day in and day out. So now as you're uh, evolving as a leader in the community and your business, obviously the impact that you're making is real. What is the most rewarding part of the job for you? Is it getting a new client, getting a, a, a one of your people kind of grow into a even bigger role? Where is the kind of the proud moments for you in your journey? 
Oh, it's so fun. I the Provence all the time. I mean, we'll land a big client or I get an email from a client. They're like, I love this person. They're so great at their job. I'm so blessed to know them. It's like, oh, that, that feels so good. I feel like a proud mom all the time. Um, which, you know, don't tell them team that, but I told, I definitely do. I feel like a proud mom, but then other aspects of when I see them be, taking their role very seriously and growing, we've had people start as a account manager, grow to senior account manager, grow to marketing director and beyond. And, and having them choose market week to excel that career path is a huge honor. And then watching them become who they need to be on behalf of the company and clients. We have people here who start and they, they've never even heard the term SEO and we're throwing clients at them. And I'm sure they feel like they're drinking from a fire hose. And it is amazing to see they, the people who just own it, they take it, they run with it. They know, realize that they have the ability to really create a pathway and a trajectory for themselves here. Um, and they go from maybe never hearing the term SEO to mastering a strategy on behalf of a client in a couple months and, and being very dedicated to their learning and coaching and training. And I, I have so much small, tiny little pieces of joy all day long that also helps break up some of the grind. Now, any advice for a person that is starting out in wanting to get their digital marketing right? Any advice or some to-dos for them that they can uh, they can be doing themselves to kind of take their marketing to a new level? Mm, absolutely. I think for digital marketing, one of the most important things that you can do is become Google Analytics certified. Uh, start looking at certifications for not only Google Analytics, but uh, Google Ads. Uh, Facebook ads, SEO, uh, and then certifications. HubSpot offers another one called Inbound that's really good that gives you a fantastic high-level overview of what demand gen and lead generation actually looks like. Getting those certifications goes a very long way in the interview process because here's the issue. A lot of people graduating from college right now, they're still learning a more traditional marketing textbook um, of, Hey, here's, here's media. Here's what press PR looks like. Um, here's what TV and radio spots look like. And it's important. And you need to integrate all of those things. But in addition to that is, Hey, go above and beyond, take the certifications to really understand digital. And then you can pair that on top of some of the more traditional to really make it powerful. So now, um, if somebody wants to learn more, have more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? marketwake.com. Uh, they can go there. There's information on careers. There's information on our, all of our offerings and um, some fun little Easter eggs. If you start poking around, there's some fun surprises across the website. You're always surprising and delighting. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a fun way to, to get through the day and, and make people smile. Cause you know, we're all in this crazy game of business together, right? That's right. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.